0: <laughs> back. To the Lovish Podcast, and I'm your host, Sita Hood, a licensed clinical social worker. Each week, I'm going to help you to develop the belief and strategy necessary to make an immediate impact on the world by deep diving into topics like mental wellness, faith, relationships, and love. I should mention before we hop into the show, this is not a substitute for our relationship with a licensed therapist. You ready? Let's get it. Welcome back for another episode of the Lovish Podcast. It is your host, Sita Hood, vision architect and licensed therapist. Before we jump into today's show, I want to say to my listeners that are listening on your favorite platform, This is another video podcast. I don't know why I always feel the need to sing when I say that. (laughs) And so um, basically this video will be on YouTube if you want to go and watch the YouTube video. But let's just jump right in. I know y'all see her sitting here. For those of you guys that are watching the video podcast, I told her, Before I even let her speak, I'm about to put my foot on the gas, and I'm just going to give her some gas, like, period, (laughs) because she and I are uh, kindred souls here. Both of us have, like, a hard time. We feel really uncomfortable when people be saying all of this stuff about us, but... I don't even care. I'm gonna hype this up because why not? <laughs> Hello. So um, this is my girl, Elise, Lady Justice Chicago herself. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, I can't even say enough good things about this woman. She is caring, she is loving, she's kind. She does work for the people, truly, has a heart after God. Everything that I have seen from you. From when did we even meet? 2019 or
1: 2020? Um, I wanna well, say 2019, but I could be off. It could be twenty twenty. No, it was twenty nineteen.
0: Okay. Okay, no, that's no, it, I... was 2020. Okay, 20... okay. it, it was twenty twenty. Okay, twenty okay. It was somewhere
1: in the end of the year, but I feel exactly. like yeah, somewhere <laughs> around 1920. We'll say that.
0: 1920. You yeah, know nah, who who's counting, but ever since I met her, she just came in and you You know, we talk a lot about authentic personalities and being genuine and stuff on the show. And you have always been a woman of stature, genuine character, authentic in all that you do. You show up for people. And for me, that's like so huge. You've been showing up for me since day one. And even from our very first phone call, like we got introduced by uh, one of my former employees and our first phone call, you were like, girl, I'm excited about this connection. And I was like, I'm excited that you're excited. (laughs) But anyway, without further ado, y'all say hello to Lady Justice Chicago, Elise.
1: Hey, it it is a pleasure to be here. So it is my honor. And I thank you for all those kind words. And my feelings are reciprocal for you as well, Mia. (laughs)
0: Yeah, like I don't even, um, my people that know me like in real life and have known me for a long time, y'all know, Cedar don't just attach, right? Like, I don't, that's not what I do. I don't just like, yeah, I'm attached to you, girl. <laughs> like, no, but when I say we've prayed together, we've cried together, we've had um, experiences with the Holy Spirit together yeah. already. Yeah. And I think really that's the key right there. That's the that's the hot tea. That's the thing, the special ingredient here. Right. Um, so can you tell the people a little bit about yourself, who you are, how you function in this world? Lady Justice?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So as Sita mentioned, my name is Elise, A. also known as Lady <laughs> Justice Chicago. Um, I am a family law practitioner and I also practice in the areas of um, child protective custody. So I represent parents who may have been indicated by the Department of Children and Family Services for either abuse or neglect. So I am a private attorney that does that. Um, So, yeah, that that's what I do for a living. (laughs) And I like to think that's, that's what I do for a calling as well.
0: (laughs) Come on. I told y'all she was out here working for the people now. (laughs) Come on. I just think that that is beautiful, right? Like I, when I told y'all that I got some friends out here, right? When I said y'all, y'all it's a privilege and an honor to have my friends on the show. And I think Um, every time I have a guest on the show, I'm just like smiling because I know y'all and y'all so (laughs) dope, right? Like she's out here defending children and families that, you know, I mean, let's think about how challenging that situation is when people find themselves there and Lady Justice Chicago could not have picked a better name. I know this was not a question, but how did you come up with that name? Ooh, that is a very good
1: question, ma'am. Um, so it was years ago, probably around 2014, 15. And I was just, you know, in thought process, like, what, what do I want to represent? Who do Ooh. I want to be? And something, you know, you and I, not to get super deep on the people, but something (laughs) just whispered to me, you know, justice, Lady Justice. I'm like, okay, Lady Justice Chicago. So I did my quick little Google circus to make sure nobody, because Lady Justice is a prominent figure in the legal community, right? So I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm sure somebody already has Lady Justice. I'm like, it has to be someone. And lo and behold, it was not there. It was, it was Lady Justice Chicago. And that was confirmation. So it was one of those things. Who what do I want to represent? Um, you know, just justice for the people, justice for myself, you know, justice for the community. So that really is how it happened. And then the moment I had an the oh, excuse me. When I had an opportunity, what I did was trademark the just to secure it. But yeah. Come yeah. on.
0: That's exactly secure how the brand, honey. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> that is exactly we don't have how time came to play. Over. Yeah. Who has time to play? <laughs> Y'all better stop playing with Lady Justice out here in these streets. Okay, so um, one of the reasons why I felt like it was important to have you on the podcast is because I consider you to be one of my closest friends. And um, I am amazed at how the Holy Spirit did that, right? And I'm saying the Holy Spirit because I was going through this life transition of coming to understand who Sita is in this season, right? And who God had always created me to be and destined me to be um, this woman with confidence, this authentic woman with purpose. And if that is who I am and I'm transitioning into that, then that, if we being 100% real, can sometimes require that you switch up your crowd, that you switch up who you run with how you function, the things that you do on a day-to-day basis. And so I remember being in that time period where God was like, nope, 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 nope. And I was like, but God. All my friends though, <laughs> and I I don't know if it's just like put the relationship on a back burner or the side for now or if it's like no this is a permanent change, but I remember feeling the fear And feeling lonely and feeling like God was just going to take away all my friends and I was going to be by myself forever. Yeah. And that wasn't true. He brought you and he brought, you know, a couple of other amazing women of God into my life and the relationship kind of just flourished and blossomed rather quickly. So I felt like it was important to talk about, just this concept of authentic friendships and authentic relationships. So I'm just going to jump right on in. What comes to mind when you hear the term true friendships? So for me, I think
1: the uh, scripture that has always stood out to me was a true friend sticks closer than a brother. Mm-hmm. And like I said, not to get too spiritual or too deep, but when we think about the bonds of brotherhood or sisterhood, especially when we're talking about in the blood sense of the term, that's an eternal bond that's not going anywhere. you're connected to your family for a lifetime. I mean, we can't choose Um, who our family members are, but we can definitely choose who we surround ourselves with and who we build friendships with. So when I think of true friendship, that's one of the things I really think about is that scripture, because that means that bond of friendship can even be stronger or more long lasting than the family and the that you have in that bond that you have with your family members. So that that's what I think of when I think a true friendship really is just the, the bond there. Like, OK, you can't choose who you're what family you're born into, but you can choose the community that you're in
0: and who you support, who supports you. I love that. Like, yeah. I just think that's one of the amazing parts about the Bible that we know something, but we forget it because. Yeah. Like I've heard that scripture 50 million times, but when you just said it like that hit different, like, (laughs) yeah. And I think it hit different because I know your character. Mm. So to know that that's like the basis of how you view friendships makes so much sense. Like, man, a friend sticks closer than a brother, because like you say, you do have those relationships where, I mean, people think and I think it's great when it happens this way. Like siblings are born and then they're automatically supposed to be best friends. Not at all. <laughs> right. Like it it it's beautiful when that happens, but unfortunately that's not everybody's story. Right. And so when you think about it, like a friend sticks closer than a brother. Wow. Yeah. And then I think it can be um it can be watered down, especially like in today's society where so many people that's like, I mean, we use that term friends so much that it is literally like oversaturated. I agree. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like maybe even has lost
1: some of its meaning. The meaning. No, I definitely agree. I think a lot of that has to do. With the <laughs> media aspect of things uh, and people seeming like they're so accessible. and we've had this conversation you know out of the off the podcast, of course, that I don't consider a lot of people friends. Um, I have
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, I have associates I have acquaintances I have colleagues but my my friends my true friend you know see the true friend you all know me and, I, and when I am conversing with you when we're hanging out it's just this is me this is you know no expectation and I, I have to agree with you I think we put up these you know uh, barriers for social media and things of that nature and you think oh yeah I'm friends with her I, I know this person I see what she posts on Instagram and tiktok or you know wherever you post but that's not the case you there's a huge difference between building that authentic friendship yeah. and knowing somebody on social media platforms
0: and even feeling like you know a person's life just because i i saw their entire day i saw what they did for the whole day i followed them you don't know if that's a collection of memories from their home Hello, (laughs) you don't know what they (laughs) did that day. To be like, Oh, yeah, no, she does this before she goes to bed. And then it could be a whole lie. I've said this before on the podcast when I I did an episode about um why that girl get on my nerves, right? Mm. Like when people be like, How to become that girl or you Mm. that girl, like whatever. Okay. I just think everybody is their own version of that girl, right? right? We don't have to try to mean girls club out here or nothing like that but in watching one of those routines from a very popular youtuber who shall remain nameless her video was like my 5 a.m that girl routine you looked at the clock behind sis's recording and it clearly (laughs) said eight o'clock like i'm like why are we out here stunting I gotta start. And then she's like, and then I have a dance party. I'm like, girl, you have a dance party at 5 a.m.
1: Now, at least you get up. I was girl. going, I was you, I, you know, I kind of feel like you threw a little shade there because some of us may wake up at 5, 6 a.m. and decide to have a dance party. But do you do that? Right? Right girl, no, I ain't having a dance
0: party. All right, <laughs> that's my point. Like, I'm like, you all gotta, you know. I mean, and it's okay if you do get up and do that, but just like be real. Why couldn't you do at 8 a.m. that girl routine? And then she's like, oh, and then I transition and I do yoga rooftop. And I'm like, it's clearly like 12 (laughs) o'clock. Your clock is in the background giving you away, girl. Are you just hoping that we're not gonna see that? But I was like, okay, whatever. And so, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like where it's like true friendship, authenticity, people being real about things. So with that in mind, how do you think genuine friendships are actually established? You know, I think
1: that depends on where you are in your life. And what I mean by that is that it's much easier to um, establish a friendship when you're younger, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those playground friendships that, right, <laughs> that go when they last a lifetime. I, I would even venture off to say it's easier to establish, you know, a friendship when you're in college because yeah. you're in this environment that kind of cultivates, you know, uh, community friendships, bonds, depending on, you know, where you go to school at. But Lovely. I say that to say, yeah, to actually, <laughs> uh, right. To actually, um establish a genuine friendship, I would say it takes vulnerability.
0: Mm, okay, now you tapping in, girl. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you're so funny. I, I think really at <laughs> this where I'm at, I, I can only speak to where I'm I'm at in my life, um, in this phase, is that it takes vulnerability. And what I mean by that is you have to be able to open up to the person that you're attempting to establish this relationship with, um, because everything else is is a facade. So there mm. has to be some sort of connection with you and that other person in that to me, only comes through vulnerability. A lot of things come through vulnerability, rather it's authenticity, authenticity pardon me, I'm tongue-tied today. Um, you know, rather it's connecting on a level of, oh, okay, well, I went through this experience too, and this is how I handle it. And, you know, you share those common bonds. But really, I think it comes from a, a place of being open and vulnerable, which is very difficult um, for people to do in this day and age.
0: So happy to have you tuning in. We're going to pause right here and have a word from our sponsor for this episode. When are you going to stop pretending like you're superwoman? Yes, I know you believe if you don't do it, it won't get done. Take a deep breath and pause with me for a moment here. You're doing too much. You know it and I know it. Let's stop pretending and get you some relief starting today. Do you set weekly wellness goals? If not, you've got to start. No more leaving yourself last on your to-do list. I want you to download the Confident Bay app and start using the weekly wellness tracker now. It's 100% free to use and it comes with a digital journal to help you process thoughts and feelings on the go. You can even meet a tribe of like minded women inside of Bay's Digital Cafe. I'm serious. Take off your cape, take a deep breath, and download The app at thepinkemerald.com forward slash app or hit the link in the show notes. You're right. And I think that that was one of the beautiful things that drew me into you so quickly because I feel like you were very vulnerable from our our first conversation, and not in a sense that you know you was telling all your business or nothing. You didn't even do anything like that, but I guess it was just the sense of openness that you had about you, right? Like you were not, you, you were not afraid to say things that I think a lot of people might be like, if they were stunting or fronting or whatever, they would not want to say in the first conversation or something, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I'm, I can't, I'm trying to think as I'm talking like, well, what specific things, but I don't even, I don't think it was anything in particular, except you were like excited to get to know me. Mm-hmm. And that made me excited. Like I didn't, I think she handed me your information. She had told me about the phone call with you and mm-hmm. it was scheduled on my calendar and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I got your information along with like another, I think it was like two or three other attorneys or whatever um that i spoke to but it's like when i spoke to you i truth be told if you want to know the realty i was nervous <laughs> what girl okay i've never heard this side so i'm gonna I, sip, I i'm
1: gonna sip this water and listen while you tell me this i know i was nervous
0: i was like oh my gosh a person like i don't i was just it was a business thing but it was also like this attorney, this strong black woman, you know, just talking to her. What if she's like snooty? What if she's bougie? What if she's not? And you were so down to earth. Like, I think from the moment we talked, you were like, oh, yeah, girl. Oh, I'll probably yes. get it in there myself. Girl, let me know. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and not only that, you were not somebody that was just like, pumping up with empty gas, you followed through. And I think that you and I are a lot alike. And so maybe there was like a sense of me recognizing that in you, because if I think about it, like one of the things that I would say to someone that um, I'm feeling really connected to and wanting to like um, maybe even establish a friendship or just like kind of see if friendship is what we want to do. Because women ask me that question all the time. Well, what do I say if I want to be her friend or how do I? And I'm like, you just joke around and be like, girl, we need to go get some coffee sometime or something. Right. (laughs) And I think you did something like that. And I was like, yeah, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the part that I feel like not a lot of people are willing to do that vulnerable piece there. And then not only did you do that, but you actually followed up. Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: I um I do remember our first conversation. Um, um so yeah, I like I said I remember our conversation uh very vividly the first conversation and I don't automatically just open up to everyone. Um mm-hmm. but there was something about your presence um yeah, and speaking with you I'm <laughs> like, you know what? She's cool. Um, l- let me try to get to know her more outside of establishing this business relationship, because that's what it ultimately began—is as, as you say, as a business relationship or a business transaction. And I think that that's a common misconception, and it's interesting that you mentioned that about the stuck-upness or the snootiness. And I'm not saying that it's not out there. Let me make that very clear, because you and I <laughs> are both you know credential black professionals but and what i'm saying is out there, it's out there right <laughs> so there's this i think misconception that when you get to a certain level that you have this air about you right like you're you're not relatable or whatever the case may be and like i said i'm not saying that is not the case for certain people but when you genuinely connect with someone that you recognize um who they are i guess we could say by looking at them on paper right because there's a difference between who someone is on paper and who they present themselves to be but True. you know and you're like this girl has achieved some stuff this is a a good one she's a mother she's a wife i'm like i want to know more about who she is too not just going on and saying okay this is you know what we're doing for this business relationship so i just you know i've just felt the need to say okay this is me, you know, we're going to talk about this business stuff, but let's talk about some vision stuff, because we had a vision conversation.
0: Do you, I don't know if you recall, but that's yeah. just okay. a little bit come on refresh my memory because now are <laughs> talking my language right? yes. Like <laughs> we, we had a
1: we leg- legitimately had a vision conversation about where we saw stuff going and what we would like to do and things of that nature in our individual capacity as well as what we could do and connect and create together so i say all that to say that you know what that that's part of it right you have to be able to recognize that what's in that person there's a mirror looking back at you that's a part of that friendship thing too and and if you're mm. you know in the spirit if you have discernment that's mm. one of my favorite words mm. you can pick up on that instantaneously now i'm not saying we can't be deceived but i just knew something in my spirit that there was more about you seated the person that i wanted to know besides you know, see the hood, licensed clinical social worker. I wanted to know who you were and, you know, how we could develop. Cause it's hard to build friendships. The it old is. Yeah, it, it is. is.
0: Cause, cause again, going back to that, people don't like to be vulnerable yeah. because they've been hurt in the past. And I'm going to tap into the next question with that. But I wanted to comment that is, wow. Amazing that you are like, we had a vision conversation because I forgot about that. But I remember now, and I, I just want to, this is like, this is all about tapping into your purpose right here, because yeah. I was not even saying vision architect, and I did not recognize how much- Yo, my, I just caught- Yes. yes. That's why I'm like, girl, when you said that. You <laughs> just caught it. Yeah. I yeah. I wasn't recognizing at the time how much God was like pushing me into my purpose yeah. and yeah. how much How relevant my personal experience, my spiritual experience, all of that was to who I am and who I was becoming. And so for you to be like, no, we we had a vision together, girl. We did a whole. Yes, we did. (laughs) We we did. Come on. We did. Open up some things for both of our future. And this is why I'm always saying like exactly what ever since I heard Marshawn Evans Daniel say this. I'm always saying it and passing it out to other people because it is so true. She said that you are the key to unlock another woman's destiny. And truly, I ain't talking about me, girl. Hold on. A no, but,
1: <laughs> but you I, are. But we talk about not, joint keys. Look, <laughs> I understand. But you
0: are. But I'm going to let you continue. Go ahead. <laughs> but no, and really to understand how much that matters because if I think about it, that conversation that we had was probably the first time I had ever done that with a business, like in a business sense. And now I just got done speaking to a group of CEOs um, on Tuesday this week about that using my blueprint system. And OK, my phone is doing the most. And they were like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it was birthed throughout my experience. It was birthed and 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 tried and tested and everything else in, yes, people's personal lives. But yes, girl, you're right. You, Yeah, before you even, and you've gone through the official program already. Yeah. So like the, to have gone through the program, but then to have been there before it was even the program, right. as it was being birthed. So that's even something to have those genuine friendships and relationships that pull stuff out of you.
1: Right. and make
0: you tap into parts of you that you didn't even know were sitting there. Right. Whoo, chav? <laughs> That's a hole you dig, but That's good. <laughs> anyway, I do think that um women are afraid to be vulnerable just because of the experiences from the past. So with that in mind, is it possible to have authentic friendships after your relationship has experienced conflict? And if so, What do you think it would take for this to happen? I any
1: relationship um, where you're going through the long haul, it has to be able to stand the test of time. And I think conflicts are just a part of relationships. I mean, regardless if it's a, a, you know, um, you know, relationship with your spouse, significant other, um, you know, friendship, like girlfriend, you know, how we're good girlfriends, friendships, things like that. There's going to come a point where there's some sort of conflict. It's just a matter of how you address the conflict. Oh, yes. Um, and I think that's even part of an authentic friendship is at least experiencing one conflict. It doesn't have to be a full blown out, okay, I'm, Cursing this person. now don't know I me mean, using curse words, but, you know, being disrespectful or whatever the case may be. But I think friendships are going to have conflicts. Yeah, that's because, a
0: character, that's a right. character exposure. Exactly. Right. If you get to cussing exactly. somebody out and doing all that. And it's not to say that it can't be tied into your past trauma or your past experiences or things like that. But ultimately, if I'm saying that's like, OK, us right here. If we are saying, yeah, girl, you one of my close friends. Yeah, we tap in. You are an iron, sharpened iron for me. This is like, wow, um a heaven sent bond, if you will, right? And then we have some conflict. And then my brain instantly go back to the South Side where I was raised. And I can say, <laughs> <laughs> was I ever really actually invested in you because Mm -hmm. I think like when conflict arises in, in a relationship where you truly care for someone, your heart is hurt. Yeah. Your heart is hurt first and foremost. And although you may be offended by their actions and you may have the thought to want to give somebody a piece of your mind more. So you'd be like, but what, I how, I thought. Right. Right. So I think it's a character exposure, you know. And then I guess I don't know. Can you say that the relationship was authentic? Can you still say
1: that? (laughs) I think again, it depends on how you handle the conflict. Um, And like I said, you and I have conversed about some conflicts that I've had with good friends that I've known since, you know, high school. I've had conflict and trying to keep it cute. With you know <laughs> somebody you know that I had known majority of my life, Um and based on that conflict, we tried numerous amounts of times to connect, get back together, and I think it was just at that point I'm like, no, nah, this is not gonna work, you know. Uh, it, it, until this day, I know people wonder like what the heck happened to them? Because they used to be really, really good friends. And one of my other good friends asked me about another good friend. And I didn't even say much. You you know me. I was like, well, you know, this is what happened. This is how I feel. It is what it is. We're all entitled to tell our own side of the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you can have, or rebuild that authentic friendship Mm. after conflict. It's just a matter of how you handle it. Um, And it's addressing that conflict. And that doesn't mean addressing it in the moment, because sometimes, like you said, you know, if you go back to Southside, Cedar, and you talking to somebody that can go back to Southside, you know, whomever they are, Y'all not gonna get anything. We're gonna be boxing, honey. okay? Yeah. Because we yeah. love Jesus, but we got the hands, we okay? Got hands. We got hands, right. Let's just say it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I say all that to say it's just a matter of how you handle it. If you love and respect the person, and you're growing and you're becoming more mature, mm-hmm. you handle conflict a little bit differently. You don't mm-hmm. just spew out the mouth. You know, the first thing that you think, or whatever the case may be, you may have to take a step back. Like, okay, girl. Um, I'm going to talk to you a little later. Let me get my thoughts together where you both can come back in a clear state of mind and say, OK, this is what happened. This is why I was offended. This is why I was hurt. You know, whatever the case may be. So you all can work that thing on out. Um, and it takes two mature people to be able to get past it and not keep throwing it up. You know, I remember when you said that, like, let's just go ahead and get past that. But mm-hmm. if you're an authentic friendship at some point there's going to become conflict rather it's a small idea of conflict or a larger it there will be conflict it will
0: yes and so my brain works very lyrically. You listen to the podcast, so you don't heard me sing on his mic several times. But it seems like every time I have a guest on this show, my brain thinks of a song while they talking. And when <laughs> you was just talking, it was in the words of my home girl, Love her. Cardi B whatever you do sis keep it cute sis <laughs> y'all know the rest of it
1: okay <laughs> listen listen we do not want to see south side cedar or we don't want to see that part of mm-hmm. elise we have both grown <laughs> to become better human beings Uh. Through our personal development And through the work of the Holy Spirit So I say all that to say That it is actually a good thing You know that you have that conflict But you have to recognize how you're Handling it and then also recognize The effect of the conflict to the other person That you're Mm. getting into this altercation With the the argument Because if it's your friend you know if you say Something especially if you guys Authentically have had these conversations That's going to hurt that person So you know just be careful
0: Yeah, you know that. You know that. And I just when you said that, just, you know, even an example uh, came to my mind, like when you have someone, you know, there are sensitive parts. Right. And even the way that you address conflict when it comes up, you know how to do it. You know how to say stuff based on even being a friend and hearing how they have responded to other people who said things like this or done things like that. You know how to walk up to somebody and act like you got some sense. Right. So it sounds like the second part of that question, um, what would it take for this to happen? It sounds like some self-awareness. Right. Like understanding how you are handling it and then some reflectiveness, understanding how the other person is handling it and then a a, a conversation. Is that what you're saying? You know, you, you the social worker. You put it all in the cute little <laughs> bone package. You're
1: three steps, y'all. It's three steps to how to handle it after it's happened.
0: <laughs> Facts. Okay, okay. So, so we've been we- talking about the changes and transformations, um, with relationships and friendships specifically. Uh, and I know we talked about, um, friendships, like recovering from conflict. When I thought about this question, I, I want to, um, I guess kind of paint the picture here. If a friendship shifts dramatically and by dramatically, I mean, let's just say, for example, this is, what's coming to mind off the top of my head. If there's two friends that go to the club all the time, every weekend, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And one person decides they don't want to do that. They want to switch it up and they want to start. Okay. The most distinct uh, transformation ever. They want to start going to church and they want to start bike riding instead of Going to the club. Again, this is off the dome of making this up, right? It, these are hobbies that people might want to do, right? Uh, they want to get really invested in the gym or they want to transition from going out, you know, to the club to uh, starting a business or something. If a friendship changes or shifts that dramatically, can it still be considered a genuine relationship? Why or why not?
1: That's the I had to think about that one. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: I think it could be considered a genuine relationship. Um, because through life, we all go through transitions. You're not the same person, you're not the same seat I met, you know, a few years ago. You're, you're a different person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I guess that that's a drastic spin. Like one day you club hopping, the next day you you in church, you know, and and doing things that is, but I think the basis of a genuine relationship is understanding and knowing that people change Mm -hmm. and you can Mm -hmm. find commonality with freedom to change. Oh, that's a good one. Freedom to change. You can find commonality with almost anyone. Now, it's hard because, you know, using that and I'm not saying this, that this is what I mean. But, you know, the the uh, common saint and sinner, you know, the relationships between, you know, saints and sinners. And I'm using that because that's the terms we typically use. But I just
0: gave you the most extreme example. You I did.
1: I know you really, really <laughs> did. But I'm, I'm going <laughs> to work with it. I'm uh, going to use
0: that legal justification brain.
1: But I say that to say, you know. Jesus was doing his work. He wasn't in the synagogue doing most of his work. But we were doing right most of his work with people that con, that were considered outcasts, people that were considered sinners, people that were not considered worthy. Um, and mm. I don't want to say this, but of God's love and acceptance. Ooh, ooh, and worthy. Right. So I, I say that to
0: All right. If you want to hear the rest of that answer, please be sure to tune in for part two of this episode next week. I'll see you out in these social media streets.